Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have Dr. Dana Cohen. Uh, She's an integrative medicine doctor. She's the author of a book about hydration, which we'll we'll be focusing on in this interview, but uh, she's nationally renowned as well. She's an internal and integrative medicine specialist and uh, she has a multidisciplinary approach and has treated thousands of patients using a variety of therapies. Um, she's been in practice for nearly 20 years, and she actually trained under Dr. Robert Atkins. Um, he was the author of Dr. Atkins' New Diet Revolution, and Dr. Ronald Hoffman was also a pioneer of integrated medicine and founder of the Hoffman Center in New York City. So, how's it going? Thanks for coming. How are you doing? Hi, good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, um, I don't know. I'm, I mean, maybe some people would think, you know, why focus on hydration? It's obvious, drink water. And I'm sure other people like you, there's probably tons of more nuance and importance <laughs> to it. So, you know, what's the, like, what prompted you to focus on hydration? And does it really need, you know, hundreds of pages of uh, description to really capture the nuance of it? Well, so I ask every single patient that walks into my office, do you, do you think you drink enough water? Do you think you hydrate well enough? And most of them say no, believe it or not, including my, my yogis and my, my sports, my athletes, those, those patients as well. But I want to say a statement and I need, I need it to sort of sink in. Um, it is my belief that proper hydration is the single most important thing that you can do to treat and prevent chronic illness. Simple enough, wow. you know. It, yeah, it is the first step that you must take before you learn how, you know, before you go on any kind of diet or, you know, whatever it may be. You need to know how to hydrate properly, and none of us are doing it right. Um, and it's not about drinking more water; um, it's about hydrating through, you know, food, um, eating more hydrating foods, some water, but it's not necessarily about drinking, you know, eight glasses of water a day. Um, it's one of the, the bylines on the book, eight glasses a day is not the way um, because number one, we're all different. We're all different sizes, different. We do different activities. And, but unfortunately, the, the other piece of the puzzle is that there's no way to measure perfect hydration either. Um, so, you know, as a, as a practicing clinician, I, I see patients, that's, that's what I do. I'm not a researcher. Um, and I have learned that you know, patients are sort of cut off from the neck down. Like they don't feel their bodies. They don't feel themselves in their bodies, but we have to learn what feels right and good and healthy. And there are some signs and things that we can look out for. And then there are some things that we need to be doing um, in order to hydrate properly. And as we- Yeah, I've um, noticed, you know, with myself, I've gone through periods where, you know, eating really well and exercised a lot and after a while, you feel better, and then you say, "Oh, I didn't realize I could feel this way." And you don't realize how bad you were feeling before, so it makes sense yeah. that a lot of people just are disconnected from how they're feeling and how they could be feeling. 
Yes, exactly. I always say that people with um, allergies, that's my biggest thing. Like they walk around not knowing what it feels like to feel like a normal human being until they until they clear up their allergies or even, you know, whatever it may be. But yeah, people are just sort of inundated all day long with these things and we're cut off from our physical well-being. We need to be in our bodies and feel what it feels like. And um, proper hydration is um, the, the first step. Um, and there are some some subtle things that we, we can look out for. I mean, I always say, I think for me, the single, like, uh, what's the, the, the first sign of being dehydrated? And I just want to also clarify, we're not talking about overt dehydration here, meaning you got to get IV fluids or something. We're talking about this sort of subclinical or sort of day in, day out, this low-grade dehydration that um, I would dare say over 90% of the entire population suffers from because we don't hydrate properly. And we live in environments that sucks the hydration out of us. We're eating foods that are dehydrating. We're taking medications that are dehydrating. So there's all these reasons as to why. Um, and, and the question is, well, what are we, you know, how, what are we going to do about it? So, so one of the first signs to look for, and it's interesting, is, um, is fatigue. You know, I think we all think, you know, we get that two o'clock fatigue and people are reaching for candy bars and sugar thinking, oh, it's my blood sugar dropping. Well, it's not, it's, it may be, but more than likely it's hydration. You know, you're this little, this little low grade dehydration. And if you hydrate properly from the beginning of the day, um, then you, you won't, you'll notice those dip afternoon dips won't happen. So fatigue is a, is a interesting, you know, not thought about, oh, I'm dehydrated. You know, you think thirsty, those kind of things. By the way, if you're thirsty, you're sort of past subclinical or, or low-grade dehydration. You're almost at overt dehydration. And it's oh, not really? – yeah, I mean, it's not a great sign to look for. I mean, it's – you know, if you're thirsty, you need to, you need to do something about it. But you're, you're too far gone already. Like, we, we want to prevent being thirsty. You, you want to, you, you know, sort of stave that off. But, you know, there are people – as we get older, we lose our sense of thirst. There are people we, – we can learn to override our sense of thirst because we're so driven in our daily routines. So it's not the best – it's not the best sign to look for. Yeah, I mean, when I'm tired, and I'm sure when a lot of people are tired, they'll, they've been told to, you know, drink an energy drink or yeah. coffee. Um, I mean, how often, like, you know, let's say when you've been tired, have you had water instead and did that wake you up? Or uh, did it just bring you back to like a, a normal state? Well, I think, I think when I started to hydrate properly, I didn't get those dips that I used to get. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes that's all you need is, is a good, you know, maybe electrolyte drink or something like that. And you'll, and you'll, it'll perk you up. Sometimes you need coffee, but, <laughs> but the, the point is once again, being in your body and knowing what your body needs, um, staving it off is key, preventing, you know, those, those energy dips. And I think when you start to learn how to hydrate better, that's, that is one of the things that you will, you'll say like, oh, you know, I, I don't get those dips in energy like I used to get. And my energy is more, more sustained throughout the day. Um, because believe it or not, hydration is, um, is a source of energy in the body. It's not only glucose and food that provides energy. Hydration actually provides energy in the form of, of electrical energy, um, hydraulic energy. Um, the, uh, hydration within our cells, it actually stores energy like a battery. If our cells are properly hydrated, we're storing that energy better in our cells as well. So, what about a uh, um, sleep? I don't know. If you drink a lot of water before you go to bed, you may have to wake up and pee and disrupt your yeah. sleep. But if you don't, you're without water for eight hours. Let's say, like, what do you do there? 
Yeah. So sleep is a really interesting um, subject because um, first of all, it's only in our sleep when we detoxify, right? That's when our brain um, and our body shuts down. And that's when the the major detoxification in our body, it happens when we're sleeping. Um, So in order to detoxify properly, you need to be well hydrated, right? Because that's how we get rid of toxins. We pee it out, we poop it out, we sweat it out, right? So um, so for that reason alone, we need to make sure we're properly hydrated. Um, sleep is, you know, it's interesting though, it, and, it, and it's, it's so important. So we recommend in the book, Quench is the name of the book, by the way, um, we recommend that you like, that you front load your water, meaning you start first thing in the morning by drinking a big glass of water. You want like eight to 16 ounces. I tell people to put a little um, natural or real salt in there for minerals and electrolytes, or you could put a little squeeze of lemon for some more minerals. That's, that's going to help um, absorb that water better into the cells. If you're drinking, and then, and then maybe you stop a little, it depends on the person, you know, when you stop drinking, if you're older, you know, we, we tend to lose a hormone called ADH, antidiuretic hormone that gets um, lowered. We lose it as we get older. And so antidiuretic hormone is exactly that. So it, so it, it, it is higher at night and it prevents us from peeing at night, but as we get older, it's, it doesn't work as well. So you're going to have to, once again, figure out what's the best time for you to stop drinking that doesn't make you wake up to pee in the middle of the night and interrupt your sleep because sleep is up there with food, water, sleep, shelter. <laughs> you know, those are the four things that you need um, to survive in this world. So you, I wish it was a well, little more sexy because I wish I had an exact answer for you. And there just isn't. There's, it's everybody's, you know, everybody has to live in their body and find out what that, what that set point is for them. I will tell you though, when you start to, to drink, um, in the way that I'm going to ask you to drink, and I'll talk to you about it in one sec. Um, you know, in the beginning, you're going to find that, oh, I'm peeing a lot more at night. I wake up to pee a lot more. But if you do it for like a week, you'll find out that that will also improve. Um, so you got to also well, good. Your body gets used to it. For know, sure. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. What about yeah. Um, when, when you first wake up? I mean, would a good simple protocol be like down a big glass of water with some salt in it and stuff the second you wake up? Absolutely. It's what I do. I have, I have a glass jar with one of those, a glass on top of it that it covers it at night. I have it ready to go first thing in the morning. So I don't even have to get out of bed. Um, I just, that's, and, and that's how desert people hydrate, by the way. Um, my co-author Gina Bria is a cultural anthropologist and she did her research on how desert communities hydrate and they front load their water. It's one of the things that they do. And you know, I've found clinically that makes um, it makes a lot of sense for people, and and you you'll notice that you'll feel better throughout the day, that your um, your energy's better, you're less brain fog, you know, so all of those things. Yeah, it's great. It's a definitely a great practice to get into. Just don't um, drink it in bed because you'll spill it all over yourself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So one of the um one of the the big sort of aha or or things that we talk about in the book is that this is how I even started to write the book. Gina had came and talked to me about the research that um, the is very prominent water researcher. His name is Dr. Gerald Pollack has discovered that there's a fourth phase of water. And I was like, what are you talking about? A fourth phase of water. We know that water exists as liquid ice and vapor, right? Well, it turns out that there's another phase of water. And this is a fairly recent discovery. And there's a bunch of scientists that agree with him. He's from the University of Washington in Seattle. Um, and that that fourth phase is, um, it, some people will know it as structured water or gel water, um, 
Dr. Pollock calls it easy water, stands for exclusionary zone water. Um, and what we have found is that this is how water exists in nature and it's how water exists within our cells. And so the whole premise of the book is about eating your water, meaning if we eat more hydrating foods, um, then then we're gonna it's it's a much more um, powerful way uh, of effective way of of getting our cells you know properly hydrated um, and you know how many people do you know or yourself say I drink water all day long I can't quench my thirst number one like no matter how much water I drink um, and number two they're probably overhydrating which is definitely a problem i see it i see at least one case a week of a patient that you know i i do their blood and their electrolytes and their their sodium and their chloride are very low in their blood their electrolytes are low and i ask them do you drink a lot of water and they're like yeah i drink so much water i'm really good at hydrating and I will, and then I say, well, do you get leg cramps? They're like, yes, I get Charlie horses every night. Well, um, and I can't tell you, I see it often. We used to think it was rare to see that. I see it at least one person a week whose whose electrolytes are low in their blood. But why? Okay, so because they uh, think they're doing the right hard. thing. They yeah, think, I mean, you know, by a, drinking. So, so this is what you need to do. Um, number one, you you said it earlier. You need to um, every couple of glasses of water, you want to put a little natural salt, meaning not table salt, not like the umbrella Morton's table salt. You want to use either Himalayan pink salt, a sea salt, real salt is a brand that I love. Um, so you want to put and and that is the salt that has every, you know all of the minerals, all the electrolytes in it. So a little pinch of salt in your water every couple of glasses of water. You don't need to do it with every single glass of water. Um, and then the other thing is instead of drinking so much water, let focus on more hydrating foods. Um, and you know, the one thing I sometimes get eye rolls when I when I say this, but I can tell you and your your listeners that the single greatest thing that you can do as a lifestyle change is to add um, a green smoothie a day. It's you know, which what does that mean? It's it's a blended greens, so it could be spinach. Swiss chard, kale, whatever greens you want to put in there, cucumbers, celery, um, with water. Um, and then you can add whatever else you like. If you want to add a half a green apple for flavor or a carrot for flavor, um, some ginger, lemon, whatever, chia seeds, peanut butter, you know, whatever else you want to put in there is fine. But a green smoothie a, a day is probably equivalent to drinking like three times the amount of water from a hydration standpoint. Well, that's good because that would relieve the, uh, you know, the the declaration, let's say, oh, I've got to drink a gallon of water a day. Oh, that's a lot of water. You yeah. have this instead, it, it would, would, would relieve that tremendously, or at least that feeling that you have to do that. Yeah, and I have to say, there's actually some even newer research that's going on um, that's not quite out there yet, and it's still um, it's still very preliminary, but that we can probably survive on one glass of water a day. The problem is, is what's in that water. And there's a, this gets into things that I'm honestly, I'm not that up on, but there is a chemical substance called deuterium, which is a, uh, it's a hydrogen ion and deuterium depleted water is thought to be incredibly well hydrate, hydrating and that we could survive on one glass of deuterium depleted water a day. But the problem is it's very expensive. It's very hard to find. You have to sort of get it. So it's more than I know. But all I'm saying is that there is some interesting research that only one glass of water as long. I mean, I know how many times in my life I'm like, wow, I have not drank water all day long and I feel great, you know, but meanwhile, I'm eating 
you know, salads and I'm eating and I'm drinking a smoothie and, you know, I'm doing all the right things as far as, um, as other means of hydration. So, you know, I, I, I would assume that there's a lot of people in you, you know, yourself, like, gosh, I haven't drank a thing all day. How come I'm doing great? You know? Sometimes I say my wife is like the, I don't call her a water Nazi, but she's like, have you drank water? Drink more water. You know, she like bugs me about it. And I'm, you know, cause I'm drinking coffee. And she, one time, um, <laughs> I mean, I used to, sometimes I used to drink a lot of coffee, and I remember one time she made me a coffee, and she took pictures of me because I fell asleep on the couch drinking coffee because it like it didn't work anymore. It was like backwards, yeah. you know, maybe even more tired. So yeah. she thought that was hilarious that I was sleeping holding a coffee cup. You know, <laughs> you know it's interesting. Um, I have good news for coffee drinkers, um, and coffee anything under four cups is not a diuretic. Um, and that's what the research shows. So it's, it's, you know, people always think that coffee is dehydrating. Um, it's not necessarily dehydrating. You know, there's caveats to that, though, because there is caffeine, and caffeine is a drug, whether you believe it or not. Um, and, you know, whatever that caffeine was doing to you, like it's, it's interrupting your sleep, even, even first, even if you're having one cup first thing in the morning, it's interrupting your sleep at night, you know, so um, I, like, I think it's a great drug. <laughs> I drink one or two cups a day. But I also know if I have three cups a day, I am shaking, like I don't do well. So once again, we have to be in our bodies, what feels right for you. I do think I have patients that drink six or seven cups a day, my Wall Streeters. And I'm like, that is not good. We need to we need to pull back on that. So um, you know, caffeine is is an interesting subject into of itself. So, um, I mean, how can you modulate your water consumption? Like you said, have it with salt. If you're going to have it a lot, you know, have it in terms of a green smoothie. I mean, like yeah. what is like an idealized protocol, or maybe there's several yeah. variants of it to to really yeah. hydrate you well and you know not be like slogging down tons and tons of water. Yeah. So. Um, well, let's first of all talk about uh, symptoms again. So fatigue is one. Afternoon fatigue is one of the things you need to look at. The second thing you want to look at is brain fog. You know, is your, are you, is your brain really, you know, functioning well? And are you thinking clearly? Are you thinking, you know, are you on your feet? That kind of thing. The third thing, you know, we're meant to urinate every two or three hours. So if you're during the day and if you're not getting up to pee every two or three hours, you're probably not hydrated enough. You know, other things, are you constipated? These are, these are things that you're looking for if you have this little low-grade dehydration. I mean, that, that's, a, there's, that's a big subject because it could be some other things, but, but some, some quick, you know, sort of down and dirty things to look, look out for with proper hydration, right? So in order to feel these things and to, and oh, well, the other big thing is, are you moving fluidly? No pun intended. You know, do your, are your, are your joints lubricated? Are you, do you move freely? Are you, you know, are you able to bend and move and twist and turn? That's, you know, that's a sign of, of dehydration if you're not. Um, and then the big things, thirsty, dry skin, um, chapped lips, those kind of things. You're almost overtly dehydrated at that point. Right. So, okay. so, um, we do lay out a five-day protocol, and we picked five days so you, that you could do it during the week. Um, and it's really simple. You want to start by front-loading your water. We talked about that. So a big glass, first thing in the morning, eight to 16 ounces. If you could do 16 ounces, fantastic. So you want to sort of soak all your organs, soak your, you know, gulp it down, drink a nice big glass first thing. The second thing you want to do is try adding a green smoothie a day. We talked about that, right? The third thing is you want to eat 
more foods that are, you know, a, a more plant-centric diet. So you, you need to have more greens in your diet. You want to have foods that are greens and fruits, you know, fruits are, are, are not the enemy. Well, gosh, we've coming from Dr. Atkins and the keto world and, and that kind of things, we've, we've sort of, believe it or not, um, villainized fruits because of the sugar and that kind of thing. Um, if you're not following a ketogenic diet or anything like that, then you want to, you want to eat, um, you know, a few servings of fruits a day and those are really hydrating. Another little tip that I like to do is I have, um, you know, one glass of water before every meal. So like 10 to 15 minutes before every meal, you want to sort of um, front load that meal with a big glass of water. You'll find that you get fuller, maybe not eat so much during the meal. That should be a rule, um, a big glass of water, to, you know, 15, 20 minutes before you, before you eat your meal. Yeah. If, um, you know, growing up, I remember, I don't know, some families saying, oh, you shouldn't drink while you eat. And I always thought, well, you know, I'm going to die. I'm going to choke to death in the food. And, you know, they're like, then you can eat more food. And, you know, so I never, I always... Yeah, hated that. I'd, I'd rather drink with the meals and all that stuff. And, well, yeah. uh, but there's some thoughts about you know. I think it stems from a couple things. Drinking during the meal definitely dilutes sort of like your stomach acids that are going to break down the food. That's why we're saying you know there's there's no controversy about drinking 15, 20 minutes before your meal. And in fact, there's some research that shows by doing that, if you're dieting, you'll lose five pounds more just by doing drinking that glass of water before the meal. Um, if you have to drink during your meal, which I do, um, but the other thing is, uh, you know, your, your belly, it tends to, how do I say this? It tends to, to dilute your food so that it, so that your belly, it pushes the food out of your stomach into your your first part of your small intestine. So you're also not allowing your belly to get full before you're diluting it with water, you know? So I think there's a couple reasons why you shouldn't drink so much with your meal. Um, but the oh, other, it can affect the transit time. And it can affect the transit time. That's I guess a, some of these need to have a slow transit time through the stomach to be digested a lot at that stage. So yeah, you I want this. Yeah, having water would negatively affect some foods more than others because of the transit time. Yeah. And you want, you know, you want your stomach to do its job. You want it to start with the acids. You want it to, you want it to fill up too. You want to feel full, you know? So, so for those reasons, and then the, then the, the digestive enzymes too, maybe plays a role too. So there are some reasons maybe not to um, eat during the meal. And a lot of people really swear by that, but there's no controversy in drinking before the meal. Um, and in fact, there's some good research that that's a good, a good thing to do. And I think if you're dry, like your saliva is dry when you're eating and you have to drink a lot of water, that's also a sign that you're probably not well hydrated, you know, beforehand, you know, during the day kind of thing. So if you get into this practice of feeling what it feels like to be well hydrated, then you might not need as much water during your meal. Time. What about when you're, um, I mean, I've heard that people, when they get older, their perception of thirst decreases. So how do you make sure, um, I mean, does anyone set like a water clock, you know, with reminders throughout the day to have like at least a little bit of water if they no. something's wrong with them and they don't perceive thirst? No, no. So let's go back to our proper day of hydration. You start with a front load of your water, a glass of water before every meal. You want to eat more hydrating foods. You want to have a green smoothie a day. And those that, you know, that in and of itself, your people will notice a huge difference in their in their hydration. Um, and then you could drink if you want to drink more water throughout the day. You are more than welcome to, um, if and especially if you need it. Um, but you have, once again, you have to live in your body and see what feels right and what feels what feels good. Are you peeing every two or three hours, or are you not? I mean, 
you know, God knows there are days that I'll sit in my office for 10 hours and not get up once to pee. And I'm like, oh, I, I did not do well today. You know, I have not hydrated. I've not eaten well. I've, you know, all of those things. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a big, it's the big picture here. This is, you know, it's not the, I can't give you a, a number on how many glasses of water to drink a day. Um, It just doesn't exist. It's not, you know, there's no, there's no research that says that eight glasses of water a day it never came from anything. There was never, ever studied. It came from yeah. probably a, a nutritionist sitting around saying, oh, this is what we think. But how can you say that eight glasses, you know, from the difference between a four foot 11 woman to a six foot four athlete who is, you know, sweating all day long, like it just doesn't make sense. Um, well, there's a lot of like just rules of thumb like that because then it's, it's easier. You don't have to go into individual stuff. You know, yeah. They're not good, but yeah. there's tons of stuff like that. They, one size fits all stuff. Yeah. But you don't like people who, if you eat the way I'm going to ask you to eat, meaning more, more vegetables, the, what I'm, you know, the, these few things that I've already given you, putting more minerals into your water, you might not even need eight glasses a day. You know, you, you know, can, you know, you'd be, you know, a friend of mine is on dialysis. Yeah. You'd be horrified to know that, you know, they, they try to tell people on dialysis only drink this much water, you know, don't drink much. And, you know, they yeah. take, he was eating watermelon every day. And that's when I first thought, wait a minute, you know, these, they're telling him not to drink much water, but they say nothing about the food that he eats. So the water content of food, you know, I'm sure no one talks about that. And, you know, again, because he had watermelon, it made me think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that is, um, that shows you, right. It's the power of that, you know, that is, that watermelon is so hydrating from a cellular standpoint, that's going to get into his cells and really be absorbed and utilized properly by his cells versus plain water that he drinks. That's just going to go through him and pee it out. I have a, I tell a story. Oh, I don't think I told it in the book, but when I first started to to really think about hydration and and how it affects me, I remember I went to a conference, and the conference was in Las Vegas, literally in the desert. And um, <laughs> a hydration conference in the desert. <laughs> no, it was it was actually a regular conference, a medical conference. They, and, they should but, have a, a water conference in like the Atacama Desert in Chile or something, the driest place in the world. It would be ironic. Well, that would be nice. We had uh, last year it was in uh, Sofia, Bulgaria. And then oh, it was wow. in Germany, Frankfurt, Germany. That's where I was last year. But so I'm um, here. I am at my regular medical conference, and you know, conferences are pretty grueling. You're sitting there all day long under these horrible lights and sitting on your oh, yeah. butt all day, and and you know, you have to be. You're trying to listen to lecture after lecture after lecture, and they're hard lectures. You know, you're you're trying to get all this information, and it's exhausting. And I remember saying to myself, "All right, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do really well. I'm in Las Vegas. I'm going to drink so much." water. And I sat at that table and lecture after lecture, I would drink and drink and drink. By the end of the day, I was exhausted. I was getting up to pee, um, but, you know, after every conf- after every lecture. And by the end of the day, my pee was crystal clear. Like you couldn't even see it. It was, there was no, you know, and, and I was exhausted. It didn't do anything. Um, and I was still, you know, thirsty. And then I remember a few, a few days, a few uh, months later, I went to another conference in Arizona literally again in the desert. Now those people know how to hydrate because they would have at the front desk in the hotel, they had these water pitchers that were filled with uh, like lychee fruit. Yes. Yes. I like those when they have those in hotels. It makes them nicer. 
but it's so much more hydrating. Like they know how to do it. And so I followed my own advice and front loaded my water. I drank a smoothie. I was eating better. And I was like, by the end of the day, I was like in tip top shape. I was ready to go out. I was ready to have dinner. I was ready to party at the end of the day. You know, it was a very different experience. And I think that's what I mean about feeling what it feels like to feel properly hydrated. So are you investigating why uh, plain water doesn't work well and you know are you tying this into Gerald Pollack stuff like are you doing yeah. any research in that regard or at least just you know well, what they call anecdotal testing with patients which is yeah. more real than anything else yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, the first thing I talk about when patients come into my office on their very first visit is about their their hydration practices. And, and before I even do any kind of treatment with them on that first visit, I will, I will give them, uh, I'll give them the five-day plan. This is what I want you to do. Try this on. And then while we're waiting for your blood work and your lab work to come up and checking your thyroid and whatever else it may be, they start there. So yeah, I'm not a researcher though. I don't do, I don't, you know, it's more of a an N of one study, meaning, you know, that's the, right. the age old one person, do it on yourself. But I know, you know, Dr. Pollack, um, I know him very well. And we've, you know, we've, we've talked about, we've discussed this a lot. And there's, a, there's, it's really become quite a fascinating, interesting subject. But I think if you just ask patients to try it on, try those two things on, like, all, try on a big glass of water in the morning, do whatever you're doing anyway you know, like, and then try these two things on one big glass of water in the morning and one green smoothie a day, um, you will notice a huge difference. And I can't tell you how many patients um, notice just doing those two things, a big difference in, um, in how they feel. It's, it's really simple. I mean, it is very simple. Anything crazy. So that's good. It's very simple. And, and even in quarantine, um, you know, I've had, I've told patients like go buy some frozen, you know, frozen, berries and frozen things that you can make your green smoothies if you have no access to fresh fresh greens and that kind of thing and get a get a cheap blender it doesn't have to be you know a 400 dollars vitamix blender um get a cheap blender throw some greens in there throw a little water in there try play around with ginger and lemon and fruits and you know there's a thousand recipes out there for for smoothies um i would say though don't i wouldn't do like yogurt based smoothies. That's not really what I'm talking about or protein shake based smoothies. I'm talking about more, more vegetable based, you know, green smoothies is, you know, you want to try to limit, unless it's a meal replacement, you know, then you can maybe throw a little protein stuff in there, but that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What other, uh, what other nuance or other things do you want to explore with them? You know, I mean, yeah, Yeah, you've got your, you know, you're so, dialed in, you're helping patients, which is good, but like, what's the next step to, uh, you know, to take yeah. this further? So um, the other big idea in the book, and this is something that's really fascinating and really interesting, is that movement, so just moving, moving our bodies is actually a hydrating act. Um, and uh, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> so we, um, a few years ago, there was a brilliant uh, French doctor who decided to put a camera, an electron microscope camera under the skin of a living person to look at that person's fascia. Fascia is this connective tissue that lines, um, that surrounds every cell and every organ in our body. It's this webbing that's all over our bodies. And 
before this, fascia was only ever looked at under like dried, desiccated cadavers, right? And um, and when you look at the at the the footage, you realize that. And fascia, by the way, has become very, very in vogue right now to talk about fascia. We're fa- we're really studying. People are very much studying fascia now because it's it's quite interesting. Um, and so what he discovered, and when you look at the living fascia or live fascia, that it is it moves hydration. So it literally, you see water droplets getting moved along. So fascia actually acts as a hydraulic pump. So the idea of, we've always known or been told you have to move your joints to lubricate them. Well, now we really, we really understand why, because when you're, when you're, you're, you know, making a a muscle in your bicep, you're, you're literally, you're, you're squeezing fluid in and out of your elbow joint you know, there's, there's, um, so movement acts as a hydraulic pump, which is interesting. Uh, interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting, because we've only ever thought that, you know, fluid gets moved via blood and lymph, you know, and then down to the capillaries and that kind of thing. But fascia is a way of hydration, how hydration gets distributed throughout our body. So yeah, and since water is such a great carrier of so many things, Yes. That's the medium by which a lot of things move around our body too. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, why sitting once again is the new smoking, you know, because we're squelching delivery of hydration to our periphery. So um, you want to get up and you need to move around. We lay out in the book, um, Quench, we lay out some very simple movement things that we need to do. You know, we've all become so sedentary um, in our daily lives. We've become, I like to use this example because it, when it hit me, I was like, wow, you know, even in our cars, I remember backing out of your driveway, you have to put your arm over the seat and turn around to look and to look behind you. Now we have those cameras in the front of our cars where we don't even have to do that anymore. You know, we're no longer like twisting and turning and moving. And um, so we need to make a concerted effort to sort of move every joint and we call them micro movements. And it's, it's not in place of exercise. It's in addition to exercise, but very simple movements that you should do on a daily basis from head to toe. You know, you can make that up, like, uh, you know, nod your head up and down. That's a micro movement. You know, do your shoulder, your shoulder spins, twist and turn. And that's ringing, you know, it's almost like ringing fluid in and out of your spine. So it's really important to move um, and do these micro movements as a hydrating act, which I think is pretty fascinating. Again, there's probably a big difference doing it in a unhydrated state versus a hydrated state. Yes. I would think that if you hydrate first properly, it'll yep. probably, I mean, it would, it would drive the water in better to the right places to be more of it to drive into the right places. And the whole thing would be much better than it otherwise would be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why like moving fluidly is one of the symptoms that you want to, um, to, to tell you if you're, if you're a little dehydrated or not. Um, hmm. yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, where can, um, where can people get your quench book? Uh, anywhere books are sold. Amazon, it's on, um, you know, Kindle, it's on, um, Audi- Audible, um, and then the foot book, it's called quench the new science behind uh, optimal hydration. And it's, me, Dr. Dana Cohen, and my co-author, Gina Bria. And um, yeah, I'm getting really good, interesting feedback from a lot of estheticians, They'll, the, you know, skin people. So it's really good for your skin. And, and then the detoxification is the other, the other big part of why and how we should need to be properly hydrated. Yeah, one, well, you know, what's funny is if, um, 
if you go anywhere for any kind of treatment, whatever it is, and they give you, let's say, a glass of water with like some fruit in it or you know, lemon, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the person will probably feel better and they'll credit you and or the treatment with making them feel better than without giving them that. So it'll probably help your business. You know, like at, you know, at, anyone, the, at the end of a treatment, you're, you're yeah, saying, right. yeah, or yeah. Beginning or whatever, you know, so it'll. Yeah, but it's but it really does. I mean, especially when you're doing after like a massage, to drink that water, um, and and it's so much better with a little lemon wedge in there because that those minerals are going to help keep that that water, you know, help get it into your cells better. Um, after especially moving all that that fluid from from a massage or something, you know, you're also you've also just detoxified from that. So so get that fluid in there, then then we'll help you expel it all. It's great. It's great practice. Okay. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, Dana, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Richard, thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.